What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. And KT. And we're back with another episode. Make sure you hit us up at Building Our PWR. Remember, guys, do not cross the picket lines. Nabisco is still striking. Do not buy Nabisco products if necessary. Also, we got a very, very generous $50 donation uh, last week. And we greatly appreciate it from whoever it was that donated to that. We were able to fill up the grocery, the, the fridge again. Yeah. And we were able to, we did some little QRC codes of some Kwame Ture speeches. And we stamped them on the food. And so, uh... Definitely going to a great cause. Thank you so much. If you would like to donate again to our local community fridge, the link will be in the description box. Today, we're going to be talking about something. It's kind of a follow-up to an episode that we made about uh, nonprofits being the new gentrification. Because we were on to something. If you remember, and I think we talked about it in the Cash App episode as well, we were talking about community gardens. And we were trying to see why... Uh, community gardens have become so popular uh, with everybody, not just socialists or whatever, like with regular people. And so um, we're going to get into that because we found some information. And KT first will uh, tell us what a community garden is. And then I'm going to give y'all the tea on how the capitalists have used community garden for their benefit. A community garden is a single piece of land gardened collectively by a group of people. Community gardens utilize either individual or shared plots on private or public land while producing fruit, vegetables, and or plants grown for their attractive appearance. Around the world, community gardens can fulfill a variety of purposes such as aesthetic and community improvement physical or mental well-being, or land conservation. All right, community gardens. Um, Has anybody heard about a community garden? I'm sure you have. They've really been popping up in every major city. Like I said, for Memphis, Tennessee, it's just like the past two years, everybody's got a community garden. Every nonprofit's got a community garden. And so, you know, with this, I was really trying to see what's up because... If if you navigate America news, American news and American history by knowing that America is a capitalist uh, society, a capitalist government, literally a, da- a doggone corporation. So anything they're doing is going to have a monetary benefit and somehow for them, you'll be on the right track no matter what. So I was looking and I googled um, community garden capitalism. And I found, uh, one of the things I found was an article that was created by some org that was doing the community garden and was talking about some of the benefits of the community gardens. So one thing that it said was that community gardens have been shown to increase property values in the immediate vicinity where they are located. In Milwaukee, properties within 200 50 feet of gardens experience an increase of $24.77 with every foot, and the average garden was estimated to add approximately $9,000 a year to the city's tax revenue. Mm. Um, Bing and Voice estimate that New York's gross tax benefit generated by all community gardens over a 20-year period amounts to about $563 million. Jesus. 
Under this scenario in which the local government would have fully subsidized the garden, which is really the case, the city's total investment would have amounted to about $83 million. Thus, the estimated net tax benefit would have been about $480 million or uh, $750,000 per garden. So, to me, it sounds almost like, to me, it, it sounds almost like, uh, like, almost like they're trying to make us farm for our own food for the benefit of them. Yeah, so that, we're going to get, get to that. We're going right? to get to that. Um, and so they were also saying that, you know, community gardens are cheaper than parks. So, and cheaper in maintaining because the people are maintaining. You know what I'm saying? So, that got me to thinking about, okay, like, there's there's got to be something else to it. Give, give me the other side of it because this is telling me the government's benefit of it, a little bit of tax revenue, but what are the corporations' benefit of it? So, I found this article, um entitled uh, Urban Sustainability, Neoliberalism, and Community Gardens. Definitely recommend it to you. I'll put the description, the link in the description. And uh, pretty much what this person was saying is community gardens are a great way for developers to be able to um, get tax breaks on land before they have to start building on it. So what they do is, we know, we've seen it, there's vacant lots, they donate to the city, and the people can garden on it for a little bit while the people, uh, the developers get their paperwork and stuff in order. They don't have to pay taxes, so they can just kind of sit on their property while they're getting everything together, and it's a win-win for them. Also, we know that community gardens contribute to gentrification. They said the taxes are going up. Community gardens are great assets in uh, tourists, bringing tourists to communities. And also, it has become a, a big attraction to people that are moving into the city that want their artsy vibe with the murals, with everything else. And now the community garden is also a tool to attract those people. There was a, there's an article on the anarchistlibrary.org. I'll make sure to link it below. Um, but it talks about like the levels of gentrification and how you start realizing that gentrification is happening. And one of the very first things that you see when gentrification is getting ready to happen is a community garden come up. Yep. Not only is it these murals that these uh, artists are doing, which it, we should totally talk about that. That's very extensive. Um, but it's also going to be... You know, not new buildings, it's community gardens. So, um, yeah, I think that as far as community gardens go, we definitely, like, we need to get rid of them. Because it doesn't help. Like, if you really think about how it is itself anyway, what, how much sense does it make to go into a community and say, hey, let's just, you know what, let's just use this land. Y'all can just go and garden on it. No, no. These people need sustainability. They need food first, right? You can't come into a community that's already being harmed and say, hey, let's give you some food uh, that you got to work hard for. You're already working. You don't want to go on your off time and hang out in a garden that you got to work for your own food for. You're already doing that. My thing, I feel like, would be like, you need to, if, if you were to start a community garden, which is something we've talked about before as far as, like, sustainability goes... You have to set people up first. You have to get them in a place where, 
Um, they have the ability to go out and do that on their own free will without having to work for the food that they actually need. Mm-hmm. We need to talk, that needs to be a food sovereignty versus insecurity. Um, but yeah, yeah, go ahead, Gabby. I'm sure there's more info. So, yeah, that's definitely something as well because, okay, here's the thing. I want to do a community garden, but that's what we were talking about. Go to our episode, Cash App versus Mutual Aid. There's a way you can do it that is mutual aid, not a, not a, not a charity type deal. Because with a mutual aid type deal, we have a common goal. It's not just come to the garden and uh, get some social capital and uh, make some friends and uh, get a couple of vegetables. No, not only are we helping each other creating that sense of community but we're also educating each other on society politics and creating a political force along with this like this will also be tied to other direct actions that we are doing it is a collective group of all these things that we are doing the liberals just want to do a garden just to do a garden we're doing a garden for a purpose. I feel like liberals want to do a garden because uh, it makes them feel better. But that's what I'm saying. It's not nothing that has to do with changing nothing. Yeah. 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 They yeah. There's no, yeah, okay, there's okay, no, yeah. there's nothing to, there's, there's no goal to change. Yeah. That's why everybody's got a doggone uh, community garden. And, and something else it was talking about, which I thought was interesting, is that... Because I was thinking more conspiratorial. Like, I was I was going a little bit more into the future. Because, you know, we're thinking about climate change. We're thinking about food shortages. We're thinking about people getting paid less, people getting laid off. Like, are they trying to prep us for uh, not being, um, de- quote-unquote, dependent on the government? Not looking for the government to assist us in things like food and and food security or anything like that? Like, are they just going to give us a community garden and expect us to just fend for ourselves eventually? And that's kind of what they were talking about in the the article. They were saying that now it's like we're the welfare and stuff is getting cut, food stamps, uh, the criteria is higher now, right. and they just give you a community garden and pretty much going to put the blame on you. Like, if you ain't got vegetables, that's on you. You got a community garden. Are you out there in the community garden? But like what KT said, there's not... People have other things to do. Right. There's no structure. There's no organization. It's just the garden. How is that going to actually benefit somebody? Yeah, they got some cucumbers and some tomatoes. How is that going to change their quality of life in 10 years? It's not. That's the problem. That's the whole thing behind these community gardens is that it's very centered on, um, like you said, social capital. It's very centered on, oh, let's all come together. No, you can come together by just talking to people. You don't have to renovate a whole entire land and make people be laborers for you for their food. Yeah, so I feel like, honestly, um, I feel like, honestly, we really need to rethink community gardens because, to be honest, think about it like this. You have people over in richer neighborhoods, like right now, even in Memphis, where they have a grocery store pretty much on every corner, right? They've got a Kroger, they've got a Walmart, they got something. So those people have access and they have uh, food sovereignty, Right. Um, so they can literally go anywhere, but 
if we go over into uh, neighborhoods like mine, for instance, um, we literally have maybe three grocery stores within, I don't know, 30 mile radius. And yeah, so with that being said, I think there's a way that we should do it. I feel like we should take we should take the food, the extra, the the excess food that all them rich people have over there that they're hoarding, just like they hoard money. They are also hoarding food, and they should it, and it should be distributed to us, the poor folks. Okay, I agree with that one, and is that's actually pretty interesting when you think about all the money that these people are getting to create these nonprofits. Uh, literally, all they have to do is get some gas money in the van and be able to load up all their food and, and just pass it out for free. But we know that's not the way that it is because there's no corporate incentive in that. Again, this is not about the garden. This is not about the people receiving food. This is about the the value of the black neighborhoods in Memphis being increased. This is about Orange Mound getting gentrified. This is about Frazier getting gentrified. This is about North Memphis getting gentrified. That's why they got the garden because they know white liberal folk uh, coming from California and Oakland and even some parts of Memphis uh, wants that city vibe. And this is giving them a community. It's giving the white people that's going to be moving in here mm-hmm. a community. This is not for us because the gardens aren't even big enough half the time to even have a sustainable all-year-round grocery store. No. This is something that's enough to get some little veggies here or there, maybe last you about like a month or something, and then you're done. It's really just like a little pet project that a little white person would want to do in their little free time as they're acting like they're being sustainable or whatever. It's really just a marketing tool. And... Yes. Yeah, so I was going to actually mention, because you're mentioning all the gardens here in Memphis, there's one specific garden that is extremely exploitative in my mind and just how I feel about it. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about it. It's called Girls Inc. Memphis. Uh, Basically, they grow vegetables there. And where does the girls come in? Apparently, girls are the ones who grow these vegetables. Girls, under 18 children grow these vegetables. So, if you go to their website, girlsincmemphis.org, basically, it's going to tell you that the only reason why they're doing this is for girl power, because they're girl bosses, right? So, um, with that being said, that also means that uh, any type of labor that these children do, the grown-ups there can also take to the farmer's market and sell any excess uh, vegetables that the children don't take home, the grown-ups take and sell them for a profit. Yep. So anyway, if you go to their website and you say, what we do on their menu, <laughs> the beginning says, fuel her fire and she will win. Girls Inc. advocates on behalf of girls and delivers the changing programs and experiences. It's a research-based program. What are they researching? 
searching. It's children. Girl, it's nothing. It's just literally one big old uh, scam and, and it's exploitation. But it shows you, like when I tell you, when I tell y'all in Memphis, every doggone, every doggone nonprofit has a doggone garden. And and that's what they doing. You see how they using the child's label to export. That's what these other folks doing. They using the, this label, these folks, to sell these vegetables anyway. Like, when I say everybody's getting the benefit of it, but the people. So, okay, so now we talked about uh, the how the corporatists have gotten a hold of it, why the politicians like it. Why the liberals love it and all that other stuff. So, for ourselves, as we try to think about the best ways to navigate, the best ways to help people in our community, what methods should we take to not duplicate this same BS and to actually be effective and, and be different, actually do something and actually show people that we're sincere and care about them and we want all of us to be liberated and free what do you think what is the right way to do it i don't know that there is a right way i'm gonna say that i i feel like everything especially in liberation is trial and error right so you do something you think is gonna work it doesn't work you continue to do something else that's constantly something that you have to do in order to be liberated in capitalist America. But with that being said, I do feel like a way a way that we could do it is literally just give food to people freely without any extra whatever. I don't have to show you my income. I don't have to show you uh, the the children that I have. I don't have to show you that I'm 18 years old. I don't have to show you this. I don't have to show you that. All of these extra qualifications in order to get free food. Right. Everyone should literally just have free food. It, that's just like housing. It's just like water. It's just like uh, air and, and uh, clean air and stuff like that. Like... Everyone should have access to that regardless. Even rich people. I'm going to even put that in there. Even rich people deserve access to those things. What, okay, so how will, you, but how will you turn this into mutual aid and not just a charity? Mm, that's a good question. Cause that's what so how do, how do I... I don't know. I feel like for me, do, is it required for me to benefit from that? It's not, no, I'm not, it's not saying you have to benefit, but it has to be a beneficial thing for everybody that's involved. Because then if you're just providing people with food, how does that create community for people? It doesn't. They, they could just go to a food bank. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to have to research and think on it. What do you think? Okay, I will tie it into the, the community fridge That's that we're doing. Saying. Because with the community fridge, we make it plain, or it's made plain, that everybody contributes and everybody can take out. And uh, because of that, obviously, some people would be putting more in than others because they have the means. But it is public knowledge that if you, anybody, no matter what, you have some food that you would like to donate, you can donate and you should donate to help everybody in the community. And like I was saying, 
I feel like the community garden can also do that with, like we talked about in the Cash App episode, a political framework, just like the fridge. There is a goal to all of this. We're not doing this just for shits and giggles. This is a space for us to learn and understand this this idea of uh, community, this idea of uh, a political body, this idea of organization, for us to come together, exchange ideas, for us to come together and come up with other strategies of how we can help each other. That, in my idea, would be a great community garden. Not just something you come to, put your seeds down, you come back and check on it. It's a space, a place and a space for, like I said, all of these things. So I feel like that would be a, a better alternative to just one that be at somebody's school. So what do you say to these liberals that are like, well, that's what my community garden is. Everybody can come over here and we just have a good old time. A good old time doing what? Planting, communicating, social capital. About what? Communicating about the garden. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just talking just to talk. I could do that at church. You literally. see what I'm saying? Like, that's what? the thing. That's like, when I tell you these liberals literally have co-opted every single type of structure that anybody that was ever radical or anarchist or communist or socialist has ever done. The doggone, we talked about it, the doggone project, housing projects, Literally. the doggone community land trust, the doggone community gardens, even mutual aid now is getting co-opted. Oh. Like, no, we cannot let them do this. So I think that this is it's scary that they're doing this, but like I said, this is great because it's showing us the ways in that we and ourselves probably have failed at times because we may have been operating like the liberals was and we thought we was actually doing something, but now that we see that the liberals are so easily doing these things, it really wasn't as revolutionary as we thought. But, um, yeah, that's why it's important to to have a good foundation of what is mutual aid, what are the goals, what are we trying to accomplish so that you won't fall into those traps of just doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah, an important question, too, would be who does this benefit, right? right. Like, that's the, the biggest the biggest thing, I feel like, that we really need to look at whenever we're doing mutual aid, we're doing charity, we're doing literally anything. Who is this benefiting? Who? Is it benefiting you? You're more conscious just because you're out here and helping the poor? Or are you actually making a difference? And are you actually helping people long and not term? Just long term. And long term. And is the goal eventually at the end of the day to liberate and create self-sustaining uh, people in a right. self-sustaining community? That it has to be at the end of the goal. It cannot just be, I want to give people food. I want to give people clothes. What we finna do after that? Because we're going to be in this same cycle of nonprofits and charity for the rest of our lives if we aren't going off that track and into the other plane of where we want to go, people. And that's what we have to remember to do. Um, so, yeah, like I said, this was brought on by... You know, seeing some things in the community, Memphis, Tennessee, to be exact, Orange Mountain area, look it up. 
Orange Mound is a predominantly black neighborhood, one of the first black neighborhoods in Memphis, and I literally see every single trademark of gentrification happening to this black city, yes. and it's scary. Like, and and they've got all these people of black African descent just trying to get us to manufacture, trying to manufacture consent and just try to get us to go along with it. But we cannot go along with it. We got to educate people. And that's one of the things we trying to do. Um, so, yeah, anything else you want to say, Katie? Um, I do want to say that I think we need to have a broader discussion about food sovereignty. Like, yes, this is food sovereignty, but it's basically just things that we ourselves are seeing in our community and things that we want to change. So, I think we need to really research food sovereignty and figure out, like like we talked about, how we can long-term help people. But, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. 100%. Yeah, so uh, hit us up on our Instagram, social medias at Building RPWR. Hit KT up at KT underscore does art. Hit me up at KT uh, at <laughs> Gabby's Music. Uh, remember, guys, do not cross the picket line with Nabisco if you want to help donate to our community fridge in our city of Memphis. You can do that in the link in our description. And any comments, leave it. Share with a friend. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Gabby. And KT. And this is Building Our Power.